It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody. On the show today, Norm Blumenthal. Norm Blumenthal is an attorney for workers and consumers, selected as one of the top attorneys in Southern California. In 2017, Norm was also inducted and recognized as one of America's most trusted lawyers in employment law. Norm Blumenthal has been a regular here for many years, and I just love his insights. He's a straight shooter. Norm Blumenthal, welcome back. Nice to be back, Bert. Um, I have a good uh, topic today. I think everybody will appreciate it on Money for Lunch um, that has a little money and taking time out for lunch. Uh, what we have here is the two moving forces in in life, really. But the, especially with, when it comes to money, is fear and greed. Um, if you're so afraid uh, to do anything, your your money is not going to be working for you, and uh, you'll have no chance of uh, making money on your money. Um, you also have no chance of, of uh, getting a better job because you're afraid to leave the job you're on. If your greed is your only thing that motivates you, um, at some point in time, you're going to end up crossing the line, um, no doubt. And at that point in time, you have a potential to um, lose your job and lose your money. And uh, what we've seen is a, a primary example recently of too much greed. When you uh, saw what happened uh, with regard to uh, Silicon Bank and uh, Signature Bank, uh, they were, were so set in their ways and greedy with regard to um, their risk management of their money supply, the money they had in the bank, that there was a run on the bank. The, they lost their jobs. Um, they, they're out of work. The stock went to zero. People lost everything they had invested in the company. Um, fortunately, the deposits were covered by the government, but this is the old story. It's it's continuing story, and it happens in employment, and that's what we, you know, we want to talk about today. But I wanted to give you a, a, just a background of where we are and how it relates, you know, to everything you see in the papers today with regard to money. Absolutely. And 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 I want to add to what you said there that not only can you lose your money, lose your job, but in some cases we people we see people who lose their freedom. Uh, you know, listening to you, I was reminded of a gentleman uh his name is Martin Shakril or Skrill or something like that, dubbed the Pharma Bro. Uh, because he took over uh, a company that was selling a AIDS medicine. And at that point, I think the tablets or, or the medicine was being sold one, uh, basically a dollar per tablet. Uh, fairly reasonable. Uh, he took over the company and he started charging something like $100 a tablet. It was outrageous amount of money, right? He just, and he was not remorseful. And then shortly thereafter, I think within a year's time, he ended up going to jail for insider trading. Mm -hmm. And and so to me, when you started talking about fear and greed, this guy came to mind because he was so 
proud of himself for doing what he did and, and showed, you know, again, no remorse and a perfect example of greed. All greed, no fear. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's, that's the situation that we have um, with employers and employee relationship for the most part across the country. And what you see is, and here's give you some typical examples of what we, we see every all the time. In in the relationship, and employees come in and uh, start work, and uh, you know they come in. Obviously, when you come in, you come in a few minutes early. Um, you may end up uh, working through your uh, rest break, and sometimes working through your lunch break, and then you may leave a few minutes late. Well. Instead of the uh, manager for the employer telling you to look, you you got to clock in for all these this time because you you don't you know you're basically a salaried uh, um, non-exempt employee and you just come in and work and you get paid for for your eight hours each day. So he says to you, look, Bert, uh, you know I see that you're working off the clock here for the company and uh, we really appreciate it you're a team player and we want you to know it doesn't go unnoticed and so what ends up happening is in the uh, accountant's office they look at productivity they don't consider you people they can um, consider you full-time equivalents uh, the definite <coughs> definition of full-time equivalent is someone that uh, works, is, is not a person, it's the eight-hour day. How many eight-hour days can you get out of your uh, workforce? And the, the idea being that um, if I can get you to work uh, eight and a half hours a day, um, then I have an extra half hour in, co in computing my full-time equivalents. And so this is the greed part of, of the process. The problem is, is that really there's no fear. Uh, the chances of uh, the company uh, getting caught or having to pay, um, it, government agencies are just ill-equipped, underfunded, can't do it you know they'll get you'll always see in the paper you know uh, uh, once in a while they'll get so, uh, somebody as a showcase because it's so egregious that um, you know it couldn't go unnoticed uh, recently they had uh, uh, 16 year olds you know cleaning uh, up slaughterhouse floors um, for uh, less than minimum wage they caught um, some people at the border here uh, in San Diego, uh, uh, having uh, um, Mexican laborers uh, working for under $4 an hour. So this is what you see is some of the showcase uh, cases, but you don't see the everyday cases like I talked about. Right. And, and like in all things, you know, it's, it's the tip of the iceberg kind of scenario, right? The, the, the cases that they catch are just a small 
percentage of the cases that are out there. And as you pointed out, you're looking at these municipalities that are underfunded, understaffed, and there's and so an employer will push the envelope until they can't. Yeah, and in, in California, uh, we've been able to um, really put a dent into uh, these abuses under what's called the uh, Private Attorney General Act, PAGA for short. And uh, what PAGA is is that the uh, Labor Workforce Development Agency uh, in in California uh, can retain um, uh, individuals who have suffered uh, these uh, uh, violations of the law to uh, represent others uh, in a representative action in court and hire outside counsel to uh, to take over and handle it. So in California, um, the situation is such that we put some substantial fear back into the system. And that's what we're, where we're living in California now. And if you're an employer in California, you wake up saying, I don't want a PAGA lawsuit. I don't want a PAGA lawsuit. Let's make sure our, our everything's in order. I don't want anybody working through their rest breaks or their meal breaks. I don't want anybody... Uh, uh, coming in early or working late because I don't want to be faced with a POG uh, claim. And so that puts the fear back into the system. And in California, it works. The fear is back into the system. But by the same token, we're going to see uh, next year on a ballot initiative to uh, get rid of PAGA. They're going to try to convince the voters that the, the law that's in their own best interest should be repealed so that they can continue to cheat to compete. Right. And this is, again, you know, you pointed this out numerous times. Uh, this is part of our adversarial system. So now we have these businesses who are going to try to influence politicians to, to reverse this law or to get rid of it because they don't like being held accountable. No right. one, yeah. no one <laughs> likes to be held accountable, especially when you're being held accountable and having to pay money. Right. And, uh, you know, this is, as we talked about this being an adversary system, this is a natural reaction of the employers is, is wait, if I'm in some other state, I don't have to face these issues, only in California, and I'm not really happy about it happening here because I'd like to be in California. I like the benefits of, of being in California, but I don't want the burdens. I don't want this. So there, there, there's going to be an initiative in uh, 2024 uh, to try to repeal the law. They've already been to the United States Supreme Court, and even at the United States Supreme Court, they really – despite their best efforts, they were unable to get rid of this law. Uh, and so we, it's back into into the California Supreme Court's hands, and we'll get a decision uh, in a relatively short period of time. Uh, and we're confident that the, the court will uh, protect this law so that you can continue to have representative actions. And so it's this is the battle of the adversary system and the, the – the, irony of it is they expect the uh, 
employees to go to the poll and vote against their own best interests. This is the bizarre part of it. Yeah, and, and what people don't understand, the way they're going to get this done, this is this is the way it typically works. They're going to uh, try and tell you, when I say you, I'm talking consumers, that, you know, working class stiff, that this law is bad for this reason and that reason. In some cases, they will, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They will give a misleading name to a bill. Uh, many years ago, uh, this is what's coming to mind now, many, many years ago, they, uh, th- there was a bill uh, called the Medicaid uh, Reduction Act, I believe it was something like that. And so uh, they basically used this misleading name or confusing name in order to get Medicaid to pay full retail for medicine, which yeah. it got through uh, under dubious uh, dubious situation. Uh, they And I think it, I, I can't remember if it ever got reversed, but bottom line is people were shocked that this was going to cost consumers literally billions of dollars or cost the government billions of dollars. And so uh, you see this in politics. That's why you have to read the fine print in some of these bills that people try to get passed. Yeah, the the, the PAGA repeal, they they were successful a uh, couple of uh, elections ago where they just picked off the uh, ambulance uh, drivers. And so they what they did, they showed on the commercial, you know, someone um, just was in an accident and the ambulance driver was uh, taking his uh, meal break. And you know, and because he was taking his meal break, he was unable to uh, to get to the accident scene, and you know, in time, and the, the guy died, you know, in the commercial. And so <clears throat> that law passed. They uh, PAGA does not apply in California to ambulance drivers, and so they put that fear into the system, and uh, it, they were successful with the commercials. That's the kind of situation we're going to face. And another uh, potential um, initiative coming up in November of 24 is reducing contingent fees to 20%. So, you know, the idea being that uh, in personal injury cases and uh, employment cases that uh, it won't be economical anymore for a lot of attorneys to take on uh, cases because at 20%, it the, the numbers don't work, so therefore the employees won't be sued and the uh, tort feasors won't be sued and the insurance companies won't have to pay with regard to uh, personal injuries. So that's the kind of situation we face in our adversary system, and uh, people have to be on the lookout because what ends up happening is as they as the companies are in a situation where they're facing losses of revenues, their fear gets to the point and the greed gets to the, such a point that they attempt to change the law. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, this is, this is why you really have to pay attention. Not voting or being confused and voting for the wrong thing could literally cost you 
tens of thousands of dollars. It could cause you safety in the workplace. And this is something that that has been going on forever. You know, back in the day, uh, and this is, I, I think, back in the 30s or 40s, they used to chain children up to dangerous machines and make them work all day. And the government stepped in and said, no, I don't think that's a good idea. we got to have some child labor laws. And, and so this has been going on forever. Uh, labor or big, you know, big companies, just companies in general, are, you know, their job is to try to make as much profit as possible. Nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, you can't do it by sacrificing humans. And, and in some cases, you know, like, like the scenarios that you pointed out where people are pressured into working off the clock, they're pressured to, uh, you know, come in early and, and, quote, set up their workspace before they clock in. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're doing it times a 1,000 or 5,000 or 10,000 employees across a state, it adds up pretty quick. Yeah, it does, and uh, they 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 have people counting that counting their money, and uh, they want to get as much productivity out of you. And the concept is they talk about you as an employee being a team player. Right. You're you aren't a team player. You're 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 a player that's playing for the team, but you don't get compensated for your, your playing, and that's what they want. They want you to basically work time for free. Uh, because that's where they make the most money. And so, because they're always looking at costs of goods sold. That's really what they're looking at. And, and you as an employee are just part of the number system, as part of being a, uh, an analysis of the full-time equivalent as to how much work you can get out of, this, of, this, of the employees and how little you can pay. I mean, that's just part of the process. Right. So uh, that, that's where we are. And you, you need, uh, you know, a cop on the corner, so to speak. You need somebody to uh, offer some protection to employees or else it's going to get worse and worse. And California, fortunately, we have the, the, the PAGA cases. But, you know, the management has been able successfully in this country to force all workers into arbitration. And that's where it's headed and uh, to deny them the right to bring class actions. Those are pretty, that's pretty well cooked into the books by the Supreme Court, and, you know, the, the, which is clearly pro-management. And um, without a PAGA law in, in the state, you're not going to get much protection uh, because they, what they do is pick you off as one, you know, ones and twos. And... Um, you know they've been successful so far, but in today's world, uh, I think you're, what you're going to end up seeing is a massive amount of individual cases, such that it becomes uneconomical for these employers to want to have you in arbitration, where you know you have 50 or 100 arbitrations, and every one of them is costing the employer win or lose 30 to 50 thousand dollars. And the recovery, they cannot re, uh, um, get reimbursed uh, by the employee, uh, if the, even if the employee is unsuccessful in the case. Right. So they, there's ways around this, and sometimes uh, employers need to be careful what they wish for because it's going to be a, a fairly aggressive 
reaction to it, and the reaction is going to be mass arbitrations. Right, and and again, this is something that uh, employers have done over time, kind of sneaked it in there. It didn't, didn't even sound that bad. Uh, the way they sold it was, hey, you know, this is cheaper than going to court. Uh, and it is cheaper than going to court for them. And so, again, this is one of those subtleties that, that has cost people probably tons of money. It's cost them their, their what do you call it, their rights to be heard correctly and to be represented correctly. So that's yeah. why you have to be so – you have to be willing to read the fine print. That's all I'm saying. Right. Well, every you know, I don't think there's a company in, in in the country anymore that doesn't have an arbitration provision in their in their paperwork. Right. Uh, and what they do is they claim, oh, this is going to be uh, inexpensive, quick, um, you know, in and out, be able to take care of your claim, and uh, in a, with a uh, neutral. Well, these neutrals, are they use the same neutrals over and over again that they pick, so they're really not neutral because they're basically company uh, um, uh, employees because that's where they get their business from. So you, it's, it's hard to find neutrals um, right. that are, are true, truly neutral. And then when you find them, then you, you have at least have a chance of, of having a, a fair hearing. But it's it, the... Books are cooked in in arbitration. If you're having just attorneys off the street um, going in and being the judges in these cases, because they look to the employer for additional work, and so that's it's a real problem uh, uh, the way it'll it'll be set up. But there's ways around it, and you know if, if employees come in and 50, 60 cases they're filing, they're going to be more uh, inclined to become a neutral. Right, right, and and this is the this is the the other what's the word I'm looking for the other side effect of these arbitration clauses, as you pointed out, in most cases an attorney can cannot afford to get involved, and and therefore now the employee is left to become an overnight expert in a new language. It, it can be very, it can be overwhelming. Yeah, that's that's a really a huge problem because, you know, I'm able to represent uh, employees because I'm able to represent them uh, because they're it's a representative capacity because of PAGA, and so because class actions are pretty much over with in California, so if you take away PAGA and you take away class actions. Then, in order for me to make it economical, I have to file mass individual actions um, against the same company uh, to make the claim uh, economical right. for to, as an attorney. And so that's where they're they're pushing it, and it's going to end up as a bad end for the employers because there's the way the social media works today. It's it's very easy to get a hold of groups of people, and um, you know process them individually. All right, let me ask you this: so, if if you are 
let's say, talking to the people in, in the great state of California and this initiative comes forward, what should they be looking for? What's, what do they need to do? Well, yeah, I, I think that you're going to see it, and you know, don't vote against your own uh, selfish interest. Be a little greedy yourself, and be afraid of what <laughs> the employers are putting out there. This is the the classic uh, fox guarding the hen house. You know, listen to all you chicks. You know, everything's going to be fine. Just let me into the hen house, and then you know, it takes over. Right. And so what you're going to see is it's you're going to be voting against their own self-interest because the proposal is going to be to, um, uh, oh, just let the government handle employment cases. There's no need for um, private attorney generals, and all it is is a way for attorneys to make money. I mean, that's what their, their whole scam is, but it's not because – what it is is it's a deterrent effect in this adversary system. It puts fear into the minds of employers. If I don't follow the law, I'm going to get sued. There's right. no fear of government agencies. There's just none because right. they don't have the resources. They've never been given the resources to be able to prosecute. But there is fear of PAGA attorneys, that they are capable of handling these cases. So that's what they're going to do is turn it into a, uh, a focus on the, attorney, the greedy attorneys. That's how they handle it. And uh, that's what you're going to see. And But they're going to be having you, remember, you're voting against your own self-interest. That's where it's going to be. So um, they're going to – and we'll talk about this as we go down the line, but there's – as we get to, you know, November of uh, – uh, 24 is, is when it's going to come up. But as we go down the line, there's going to be ads on TV. Yeah. Look, you know, looking at the greedy attorneys and and then, you know, saying, oh, government can handle all of this, and, and, and it can't. Right. And, that, and, and, and here's the, the deal is, if these companies followed the law, attorneys wouldn't get involved anyway. Yeah, just recently they, there was a proposition that Uber and uh, Lyft and these other uh, uh, companies who use drivers as independent contractors uh, were able to pass in California, whereby they were able to have as a law classifying the drivers as independent contractors. And uh, everybody looked at it and the, and the pitch was hey if they're employees your price of your uber ticket you know uber fare or your lift fare is going to go up so i everybody being greedy um came up and said yeah i don't want my uber fare to go up so the law passed and uh no there was no talk about the fact that these uber drivers as independent contractors, basically now don't, for the most part, pay into the system. They're, you know, the, the independent contractors are notorious for a zeroing out their income. So, and they have to then pay for their own 
uh, car insurance. They have to pay for their own gasoline, and they're supposed to pay for their own taxes as they're self-employed, and that's the employer and employee side of payroll taxes, which increases their pa- taxes as an, empl- as an employee by 50%, just on, on, on that alone. And they don't know that, and they don't pay that. And there's, you know, talk about not policing anything. There's nobody policing this this group. And so what ends up happening is the government has less income, and, and now the Uber drivers and the Lyft drivers are part of the underground economy. Right. Yeah, and it and it sounds it sounds kind of weird when when you're talking about uh, these uh, small independent contractors kind of being out of the system, but it, it it does affect everyone. When you have again, I don't know how many thousand drivers there are there in California, but I'm sure it's a good chunk. Probably three, four, five thousand drivers, maybe more, that need to pay into the system because that's how California keeps upgrading its systems. And all of these municipalities are struggling. And the reason they're struggling is because they, well, at least one of the reasons is they, they're, you know, that not everybody's paying into the system. Oh, yeah. Look at all the potholes. I mean, Right? In the street, I mean, you're you're driving dead through a uh, basically a zone where you have to be aware of every every little bit you drive because you're going to go into another pothole. After all these rains out here, it's crazy, and nothing's being done because the government just doesn't have the money. Because now you have part of the system who use the roads every day, taking people back and forth. And they're not paying into the system, and so this is what the you know what's happening. And they were able to pass it; that became part of the law. And these the courts are upholding it. So we you know have had some recent decisions that uphold it. So we'll see how it ends. But it started out because people didn't want to pay more for their Uber or Lyft ride. Right. So that that's how come it passed. And they really didn't care about the rest of it. All they cared about, they had no fear of the rest. They just wanted the greed of paying less was overcame it. And so I think they're going to have a tougher time with PAGA because PAGA really, um, except for maybe ambulance drivers, really is very important for enforcing the system um, for all employees as a whole because we'll go backwards in, in California if if we don't have some uh, enforcement provisions that the employers are, have some fear of. Right, and, and we're not talking about small struggling companies either. We're talking about companies that are doing millions or billions of profit and yet they want to cut corners. Yeah, that's you know, you, no need to name names. They're all out there, and they're, they're all out there. <laughs> mega mega companies, and uh, that's the job of the uh, bean counters is to have more beans in profit for the shareholders, 
um, and show those profits. In order to show those profits, you count every full-time equivalent and you get the most out of, of them you can, off the clock you can, because that's just free time. And, right. time is mo- and time is money. Absolutely. Norm, we're out of time. Always good to have you on the show. Uh, looking forward to uh, you keeping us uh, updated on this PAGA um, uh, stuff, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon. Okay, Bert. Thank you very much. Have a good one. You bet. Good stuff there from attorney Norm Blumenthal. Norm Blumenthal, if you have a question for, for him, if you think that he's crazy or maybe you think that he's right on the money, let us know. Spank that like button. Share this episode with everyone you know. And if you do have some concerns, if you think that maybe something is going on, uh, reach out to Norm and his team. They'll be glad to talk to you free, to, for free. It's BAMLawCA. That's B-A-M-LawCA.com. BAMLawCA.com. And as always, my friends, thank you so much for being here. Totally appreciate all the remarks the good, the bad, and the ugly remarks. I'm grateful, Father. I'm grateful for all of you guys. And remember, you were created to Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com. <laughs>